online, and, and this is on the bulletin board, so if you need to check it closer. But remember the sign-up stuff for our VIPs. So tonight, uh, you should be at uh, Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7. And uh, I, told, uh, I told Brother Don tonight when he come in that I hadn't mentioned it to my son Joel, but if he will agree to it, he may be doing this next week. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet about it. So, uh, you know, I, I hopefully he'll do it without me really getting on to him bad, you know. And, uh, but anyhow, he may be doing this next week. Kind of help me out. We're going to be out of town for a little bit. But I, I may be back, but I may not be here uh, to do this. So uh, anyhow, I just thought I would throw that out. Let's uh, stand in honor of reading God's word. We'll start at verse 36. Luke seven thirty-six. <clears throat> It's a great, great story. Man, this is just, uh, just it's, it's good. It said, and one, of, um, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, talking about Jesus. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the, with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he, and he said, Master, say on. And Jesus said, Well, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, See thou this woman, I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this, this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased kiss my feet my head with oil thou didst not anoint but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment wherefore I say unto thee her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little and he said unto her thy sins are forgiven and they, say, and they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Father, we thank you for your word. I'll stop right now, Lord, to acknowledge my great need for you. We want you just to be here and we want you to be honored. I've just moved me out of the way. Take control of me and just use me as an instrument in your hand to glorify your name, Lord. Speak your truth. 
And we just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Bless us and grace us with your presence. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> this is a fantastic, fantastic story to me. And uh, it's so vivid in the picture that it paints. And uh, But tonight I just want to kind of kind of work through it a little bit and, and, and look at it and just as I've prayed that the Lord would just bring it bring it out the way that he wants it, it brought out and uh, and that it'll just uh, for those of us that, that know him that it'll just kind of stir our heart bless our hearts and for those that may not that uh, you can be forgiven no matter what you can be forgiven and uh so let's just begin by looking at this, and uh, the first thing is, uh, we go back up and work our way through, is I, is I, as I look at it, it's the invitation, and uh, this Pharisee has asked Jesus to come and, and to have supper with him. Um, one thing uh, that, I, that I can see, you know, is that it's not, it doesn't have the feel to it like the Zacchaeus, you remember Zacchaeus? He wanted the Lord to come, and the Lord had really stirred his heart. And when he saw the Lord, and and and, and it was kind of a little different. This uh, this this feels a little bit different. So, in my, I, as I'm thinking about it, you know, I just said, I wonder why. I wonder why this uh, this Pharisee asked Jesus to come. You know, just why? Why? So, I, and I and I thought about it, and I I wrote this down. Probably it was not to honor Jesus. That wasn't what he was, that probably not. Now, you know, I can say, I'm just saying probably. That, it, that was not what it was about. But the second thing I, I put down is it's possibly, now possibly he wanted to learn a little more about Jesus. He wanted to see firsthand what he had to say, uh, see what he, and make his own judgment about it or whatever. I, I don't know, that's, that's, that's possible. But I put down here most likely, most likely, it was to find something to discredit Jesus is probably why he was there. Now, if you will, right here in this chapter 7, uh, verses 16 and 17, if you look at them, I believe this probably uh, may give a little insight to uh, what was going on. Uh, if you're there, say amen. I didn't hear nobody. There you go. Verse 16 says, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. What went around? There is a great prophet that has arisen, that, that God has visited his people. That's the rumor. My, my surmising, this Pharisee's heard that. He's, he, he wants to see just what this is all about. Best thing to do is when you get the opportunity, you go to it. You go to the who it is. You get there to where you can see it. So he invites Jesus to his house. And the reason that I say that is that if you look in verse 39 where we just read, whenever uh, it says, Now when the Pharisee which had been him saw what the lady had been doing, it says, he, <clears throat> he spake within himself. Now, 
we, we've said that twice now uh, within themselves or within himself. It's, it's, it's just, you know, so many times, folks, we, we hide what we're really thinking. Y'all, y- y'all agree with me there? We, we just, we, we really wouldn't want anybody. We, it's, we wouldn't like it if we walked into this place and we had it rigged up that whenever you walked in, that all of us, no matter who we were, whatever we was thinking, somehow got thrown up on the screen around here for everybody to see. Whatever we was thinking, you know. Mm-mm. You know what that would do for me? That would keep me at the house. Right? I'm just being truthful. You know, I, you know there's things that I kind of just want to keep that to, to myself sometimes, you know. Uh, most of the times those are things that probably are not too good. So he's thinking in himself. He's seen what's going on. He's made his, his little judgment there. He says, and uh, he's thinking within himself, saying, if this man, if he were a prophet. So that's the reason I say, when you see what probably the rumor was going around, that it's, here's a great prophet. Well, he comes, Jesus comes, Simon's here looking at him, and he's seeing what's going on, and uh uh, this ain't adding up too good. So he goes ahead and he, he makes a little judgment call on his own right within himself. I don't think this man's the prophet. Well, now he didn't say that out loud. He just thought that to himself. So just to start out with, I kind of feel like that's why. That's why the man's here. That's why, that's why Jesus is here. That's why the man has invited Jesus into his house. He kind of wants to see it. And I, and I feel like that he... He kind of wanted to go ahead and see whatever he could find out to discredit and just say there's nothing to it. Because we know from the rest of our studies through the God's Word that the Pharisees, that that's, he was a threat to them. And they did whatever they could to discredit him and, and call him a fraud or liar or whatever and a blasphemer and all those kinds of, types of things. So now let's move on. <clears throat> First thing was that invitation. But the second thing is... <clears throat> A woman shows up, and uh, wow, sometimes women can shake things up, you know. This lady did. Now, let's keep in mind here <clears throat> that at this particular time, try to, try to, try to paint the picture. When they, when, when they came in to the, the houses, and a lot of it, it was a lot of open air stuff, you know, it really wasn't tight, sealed up, closed up stuff, a lot of it, it was open air, but they, when they would go to eat, they would just, they would sprawl out, they would lay out, it was on, on the floor, that type thing, they would just, they would just all sit down, some maybe lean over, whatever, that, that sort of thing, they would do that, and they ganged up in there, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that, that was the picture that, that, I, that you, I hope you can see, is just these guys, because, the, their custom was that the rabbis, and, and, and a lot of times he was called rabbi, teacher, the Jewish rabbis, they did not eat with women in public, and they didn't speak to women in public, this type of thing. And, 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 and the next thing was is that women, didn't just, just, women just didn't barge in on men's gatherings. You see what I'm saying? Just, that... that that's, this is very uh, unusual. This is not normal at all. It's not normal at all that this woman would, would be here. So she comes in. And, and, and one thing, too, as I was studying this that I'd run across, and, 
is a couple of a couple of places that I was studying. Uh, there's probably more, but a couple of places I was studying made a point to say, do do not confuse this lady here with the Mary of Bethany, who did almost the same type of thing, and Mary Magdalene. There's 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 talks of the, you know places in the word where they did things that were similar. This one. Though, however, if you if you look at the what is called the harmony of the gospels, and it's kind of like a timeline and how they all fit in and the different stories, the different things that each one of them tell. Some of them, uh, some of the gospels have a, maybe may have a, all four of them may tell the same about the same incident. Some of them, uh, only one of them have a certain thing. But they've taken it all and put them all together and kind of made a, a timeline and where they all harmonized and how it all ran out with, and where it all happened at. This particular incident right here is, is they say, the way it lines up, it, was that it happened just after uh, uh, Matthew chapter 11. And we have the last three verses of Matthew chapter 11, uh, 28 and uh, 29 and 30. Says, that's where Jesus said this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That come unto me, that, 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 that calling out. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the commentators feel that this lady probably had heard this very recently, had, uh, had received that, had come to Jesus in repentance, that sort of thing, and that was, she was just overwhelmed with this man that she had she had found. Now let's look let's look at it closely, and I just I put that in just just so you can remember that that this is where this happened at. But remember when it said, "And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner." This this leads us to believe that she probably was a woman more or less of the street, uh, probably a prostitute, this type, of, this type of lady. That's what she had been. She, that's what she was known as. She was known for, as that. Uh, Simon, wait, he knew her. He knew who she was. He knew what, she, what he felt like she was. And uh, so this is a, a woman that people around there probably would know. I mean, can you kind of feel the, the, the kind of the, the, the tenseness of the situation. This woman has showed up, you know, and this, this don't happen, and I'm talking about this woman. And this, you know, just that kind of uneasy type thing. But she's here, and then, she, and, and then what she begins to do. It says, and when she knew that Jesus was at me, at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. Very, very expensive ointment. It says, she stood at his feet, behind him weeping and began to wash his, wash his feet with her tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. But what, what I want us to see is her extravagance here towards Jesus. Now, folks, I want you, I want you, to, I want you to hear this. I hope I can do all this justice. She came, this woman came for one reason and one purpose. This woman was not trying to just come in and, and to be seen and to do something to cause a scene just for who she was. Nothing like, nothing like that. 
She was here. She was here in this place for one reason. She came because Jesus was there. She came because she wanted to worship him. She wanted to just honor him with the, the, the best she could. She came like that. Can you see the extravagance in her worship? Hey, let me tell you something. Simon was probably embarrassed. But let me tell you somebody who wasn't embarrassed. That lady was not embarrassed to worship her God. She was not embarrassed to worship Jesus Christ. She was not embarrassed to pour out her worship and to honor him, and it didn't matter what anybody thought of her. All that mattered was Jesus, who he was, what he had done for her. Is anybody here in that boat? Has he done anything for you? Yes. Are you ashamed of it? Are you embarrassed in certain places to mention his name? Are you embarrassed right in the church to get too carried away with your worship because somebody might think this is kind of, this is uncomfortable. And that just came out. It don't have, it should never be uncomfortable to worship your Lord and Savior, that has forgiven you of your sins. Amen? Amen. A lot of this hard preaching is directed to me. That's just the way it is. Man, he's, he's worthy. They, she might have known, didn't they? They could have they grabbed her and drug her out of there. But it didn't matter to her. She had one focus. And I, whoo, whoo, I want Jesus to know I love him. I want him to know I love him a bunch. I want him to know he means more to me than all these here nod heads around here. I don't care about them, but I care about him. And I want to pour out, I want to be extravagant when I worship him. I, 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 I want him to know it. Hey, I, 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 as a matter of fact, I want my heart to be broken whenever I get in his presence. I want, hey, I, I, I want tears of joy flowing and tears of knowing my sin that are many have been covered by this man. And I want, I'm, I, I want him to know that, that I am thankful for that and I am not about to get over it. That's truth, folks. That is truth. That's where we, every one of us, stand if we know him. He's the one. It's Jesus. Man, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. Our lives should be wrapped around. It's Jesus. That's the way she was. Her great, her great act of worship and honor bestowed upon Jesus. She done it out of a heart of love. Listen, folks. Now, because... Because this particular passage, a lot of times, has been twisted to say and do all kinds of different things. Let me tell you something. This lady was not doing all of this. All of this that she was doing here, she was not doing to try to get God, try to get Jesus to forgive her of her sins. That's not why she was doing it. She was doing it because she loved him. 
because of who he was and what he had already done. He had, hey, he's already done something in her. Her sense. She, I believe this lady already knows this man is. A, she may have saw. She may have saw it in his eyes. She may have done had contact with it. She may have watched him while he was preaching and teaching. She may have saw it whenever he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laboring. She probably already saw it. She felt it. The transformation that had happened in her life, she knew she was different. She'd never be the same. And it was because of this man and what he had said. And, she, and, and, and her worship, he was worthy of everything she could pour out upon him. She was not there trying to get him to do something. She was there because he had already done something. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Yes. Wow. Because <clears throat> out of a heart of a love, Galatians 6, Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. This was a, is a Paul in Galatians battling the work types. You need to do something. Got to do something. That ain't it. It's not it. It says, but faith. And we'll see that. We'll see that for before we finish, it's not circumcision, it's but faith which worketh how? Out of love. This lady has already got a faith in this man that she's worshiping. This man's just going to assure her before this is over that yes, you, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Your sins have been forgiven. She knows that. She's not, she's not doing what she's doing to try to get him to forgive her sin. And I, and I, and I, I just I want to make that, I want to put that out there because some people try to turn that around. It ain't that way, folks. Except what Jesus has done. Don't try to bargain with him. Don't try to do anything. Have you ever, have you ever, went, and tr- have you ever went and tried to butter somebody up? Has anybody ever done that? Somebody tell me, yeah. Because I, I know I, I have. There's times whenever I've tried to be kind of nice to certain people because I kind of wanted them to do something. I, and I kind of wanted them to do something for me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. That's it. That it don't work like that with the Lord. He's already. He's. He is who he is. He. He's already done what he needed to do. He's already demonstrated his love to us because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's. That's who he is, and he did. He did what we we couldn't do. She loved him. She realized that. She loved him, and it showed. It showed. Let me quickly just run this area because I, I got to keep moving. <clears throat> and I like this because it, this, if you see the, 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 the tears and the, I mean, the, the, the brokenness, and, you know, these could, so many times this, these tears can be tears of brokenness and joy together. Brokenness over when you see who you are and the guilt that you really have, and not, not only that, but then the joy that this man is willing to forgive me anyhow. There's joy. There's tears of weeping and joy. But I think about Psalmist David in Psalm 51, where, where David said this. this listen to me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, and a broken and a contrite heart. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, thou wilt not despise. That I believe what you what we read right here, I don't believe there's probably any better example of a broken, contrite 
heart than what we read with this lady right here. This was a sacrifice that God was well pleased with. It come from a broken and a contrite heart of who she was. But what Christ had done and who he, and who he was. Who he was. And David, and, and let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. David wrote those words that I just wrote to that I wrote. He wrote those in Psalm 51 after a man named Nathan, a prophet named Nathan, went and told David about himself. Whenever he said, David, when, she, when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and then had Bathsheba's husband killed, Nathan the prophet went in and talked to him. Listen to me. He went in and told him, he told him a story just like Jesus did here with this, with this here parable. Nathan told uh, David, said, look, there was a man that had a, in his family had one little old sheep. That's all they had. And he had raised up. He was just like one of the family, a pet. And down the road was a farmer that had hundreds of them. And somebody showed up at his house, and he wanted to feed them some lamb. And he didn't get one. He went and got and took the lamb from that family that had that one little old lamb and killed that one and fed that man. David, you know, how, you know what? David says, Nathaniel, I mean, Nathan, you just tell me. You just tell me who it is, and I, I'll kill him today. Well, I'll kill him today. How you reckon he felt whenever Nathan says, David, you're the man? Do you know what, folks? It's so easy to see the sin in someone else when the very same thing is sitting in us. And it sure don't look bad when it's in us. But you can see it good in the other one. That's when he wrote this. This, this lady, <clears throat> Simon kind of fits David's not seeing it, that it's okay, it's just me. It's within me. Nobody knew it but David. This woman was like David after he, he had had that contrite heart and broken spirit. <clears throat> it says, uh, and, I, and I just wrote this down when I'm thinking because I, in my mind I'm thinking... How, how wonderful this is just to see the picture of this lady. Genuine. This was, this was genuine from her heart, poured out towards Jesus with no embarrassment at all about what was going on around her. This was her and worshiping her Lord with all her heart because she loved him tremendously. I put down here, let me, let me love Jesus in proportion to the great mercy that he has shown me. I saw, let, me, let, me, let me love him how he's worthy because of what he has bestowed on me. This woman, I, I wrote down, this woman was not embarrassed, but Simon was. Now let's look at Simon. Let's keep moving quickly. Next I'm going to look at Simon in verse 39. <clears throat> or 49, excuse me. Or no, 39, all right. It says, now when, when, the, when the Pharisees uh, that bid him saw it, saw what was going on, he said, this is not a prophet, or he would have known what manner of a, of a, a woman this is that touches him, that touched him, uh, for she is a sinner. Okay, so let's look at him real quick because he saw something. When he saw this, when he saw this, he made a judgment. He made a judgment on it right then. But I'm going to tell you something. It says that he saw, but I'm going to tell you three things he did. Right here, there's three things he didn't see. And number one <laughs> was that he didn't see who Jesus was. He was blind. He was blinded to the fact who that was. This woman wasn't. She knew who he was, 
We got the same Jesus in the same house and two different people. One see him and one don't. Y'all with me? One saw him, one didn't. One knew who he was, one didn't. He was blind to who Jesus was. It matters. Folks, if you never see Jesus, if you never see Jesus for who he really is, I doubt that you will ever worship him. Did I hear any amens? No. You, 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 you have to see him for who he is. Just like C.S. Lewis said, he didn't give us options thinking that he was a good man, good prophet, none of that. He, he didn't do it. No, he is who he said he is or he's no one. And if you don't see him for who he is, you'll never worship him right. You never will. You can't. You got to see him for who he is. He didn't see him. I tell you, the next thing that he didn't see was he was blind to the fact Uh, he didn't see this woman that was forgiven. He saw this woman as a sinner. He saw her as the way he knew her. He didn't see her for who she really was now. He missed that. He was blind to that. She was forgiven. Every one of her sins were forgiven. He was blind to that. He missed it. He did not see that. But I can tell you probably the worst thing that he was blind to, and y'all know what it was? His own. His own, the worst, the worst place anybody can be in this life is to feel like you don't have any sin. You don't have, or maybe you don't have much whenever I compare it to somebody else. <clears throat> That's a bad place to be. God help me, just like this one, to see my sin for what it is, for what it is. Now listen. He was blind to that. And I thought those were three good things that he was blind to, that he needed to see. But then let's move to the fourth thing I want to look at, and that's the parable. Let's go real quick and look it out. Now, now listen to him. <clears throat> this is so good. In verse 39, he's thinking in himself. Did you see, hear that? He got to thinking in himself. This prophet, this, uh, he's not a prophet. He's not a prophet. And, uh, or he'd know who this woman is. Yeah, I, th- I, I really like the fact that uh, Jesus knew what he was thinking. He didn't have to say anything. Jesus knew what he was thinking already. And so he's going to address what he's thinking. You know, this man thinks he's, he's no prophet or you know that. That man knows, Simon, that man, that man knows what you're thinking right now. He's fixing, to, he's fixing to ask you about it. And that's what he did. He said, Simon, uh, I got something I want to say to you in verse 40. And so Simon says, Master, say on. He says, there, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, uh, therefore, which one of them would love him most? And Simon says, I suppose the one you forgave most. And the Lord said, you've judged rightly. That's right. You are right. That's right. Now, let's look at that. Let's look at this just a little bit. The first thing, first thing I want to see here is... Is that when, when he says that we have two debtors here, one owes 50, uh, one owed uh, uh, 500, one owed 50. But it says, and when, they, and, when they, and when they had what? Nothing to pay. They had nothing to pay. Now, uh, Warren Wiersbe said that uh, the 500 was equivalent to $80 and the 50 was equivalent to 8 
like uh, somebody owed $80 and one owed eight. Doesn't seem I'll be out much. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Neither one of them could pay it. Neither one of them could pay it. You can't pay your sin debt. See, that old line that's so good, you owe a debt you can't pay. And Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. That is so right. They, did, they couldn't pay. In, in Simon's mind, he could pay. So see, they needed to come. It, 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 it didn't matter if it was 500 or if it was 50. What you've got to realize, you can't pay it. You stand the same. You're lost. Your sin separates you from a holy God. <clears throat> We're all spiritually bankrupt. We're all spiritually bankrupt. And, I, and, and when I think about it, we need to realize, and in, in, in Luke 18, where we have the account of the, the, uh, the Pharisee and the publican, the Pharisee's praying, they're praying, and, and, and he's saying, Lord, I thank you that I ain't like this publican, this tax collector here. He's praying that. When the poor publican, he goes on in, 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 in Luke 18, 13, says, And the publican, standing far off, would not lift as much as eyes unto heaven and smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He knew who he was. He was like this woman here. He knew who he was. He knew he was bankrupt. He knew he was hopeless. He knew he couldn't pay the debt. He knew he was in trouble. And then when, when you get there, when you find Jesus, man, does he look good. He looks good when you get to that. And that's where we need to be. That's where I, that's where I was. That's, hey, that's where I still am. Without him, that's what I would be. How, so I don't, have, I don't need to get over that fact. I need to all, let that stir and burn in my heart and cause me to worship my Lord and Savior like this lady worshiped. And to know that in, in this parable, the Lord, is, he's, he's, bringing, he's bringing that out. <clears throat> I um, I like this, and I and I want I just want to put this out about the two debts. Because when we read it, we 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 read it as if uh, one's got more sin than the other. That's why that's why you got five hundred. One owes five hundred. One owes fifty. That's a, a difference in the uh, the amount of of sin. But I like this, and it says the two debts. Represent not the amount of sin, but the awareness of the guilt. Did you hear that? It's the way. No matter how much sin you got, if you're not aware of it, Simon sat there. He's not aware of it. But when you're aware of it, and it's like when hey one, the one that was the fifty. They're aware, maybe they're aware of it, but not to a great extent. It's like, so, so what, what, what should my prayer be? God, open my eyes and heart to make me aware of the, my sin and what it looks like and the guilt that I have if I don't have you. Folks, listen to me. Every person in this house, 
If you're not a born-again child of God, you're going to stand before a holy God. And you're going to stand there guilty if you don't know Jesus. If you, if you, if you never receive, if you don't know, if, you, if he's not your Savior. Now, that's your business. But that is your business. And it's, it's for you to know that. Are you born again child of God? Do you worship this Jesus? Does he mean to you what he meant to this woman? Does he mean to me that? That's who Jesus is. He's worthy, folks. He is worthy of all our extravagant worship that we can pour upon him. I, I like that. It's, it's the awareness. Now, the woman knew. The woman knew she was guilty of sinning against God, but Simon had no conviction of sin to the difference. The awareness. <clears throat> and then, after this, Jesus addresses Simon. And look how he does this. He's told him that Simon says, well, I guess, you know, the one that's forgiven the most. The one that's forgiven the most has got to be the one that's aware that he's forgiven the most. So then verse 44, he, Jesus, turned to the woman and said to Simon, turns to the woman, but he's talking to Simon. See thou this woman, I entered into your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You see what, he's, he's pointing out a difference. Things that Simon has omitted, things that she's doing that he didn't do, which was basically in that culture was something uh, he, if he was hospitable at all, something that he would have done, but he did not do it. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Isn't that amazing? Do y'all get, isn't that rich? Gosh, it's amazing. She didn't care. She didn't care. My head with, with oil, thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth much. Wow. Man, isn't, that, isn't it amazing how Jesus can just kind of get right to, right to your heart? Just exactly what's going on. Just a, kind of the, the picture here, Simon, is... You ain't looking too good here. This woman, she knows who I am. You ain't got a clue. You're blind as a bat. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. The contrast, the contrast here, the actions. I just, I say, and that's to me, I compare the action. Look at the woman. Look at Simon. Let me ask you, which one you want to act like? Hmm? Which one do you want to act like? Now let me ask you this. Which, don't, which one do you most act like? I had answered, I, had, I asked my own self that. So don't get mad with me. I ain't just picking on you. Which one would you like to look like and act like? I think I know which one we would, should want to. Such a contrast. But the difference, the difference was in how they viewed Jesus and themselves. That what made the difference in the two was how they viewed Jesus. 
She viewed him as her forgiver, her Lord and Savior. The man, uh, uh, God has visited his people. He, he viewed him as a fraud. He wasn't, he, he didn't, they, didn't, they didn't seem the same. She saw herself as a, as a sinner like everybody else. She knew who she was. And with many of them, he didn't see himself that way. He felt like he didn't have it. Two different things. That's the difference. That's the difference. I, honestly, folks, I believe that's, that is the difference in, 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 in the way that people worship the Lord is how they see Jesus and how they see themselves. Now, y'all just chew on that. I think it's good. Just chew on that. See, it was sins. <clears throat> I wrote to me. Simon, Simon was guilty of sins of the spirit, especially pride, while the woman was guilty of sins of the flesh. Now, let me just read to you real quickly, and I'm fixing to tell you, you can ease on up. 2 Corinthians 7.1, it says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. All filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Listen to me. Simon was guilty of the sins of the spirit. She was guilty of the sins of the flesh. He had this within him. This was within him. The pride was in Her sins were known. Listen. Her sins were known while Simon's sins were hidden to everyone except God. Jesus knew. And both of them were bankrupt. Listen. I said the, the... when you think about the woman being guilty of the sins of the flesh and Simon was guilty of, of the sins of the spirit because he had a, this, here we go, a critical judgmental attitude and a hard heart. See, you can sit there with a critical spirit, judgmental spirit, and never open your mouth. Sin anyhow. Maybe it's not sin of the flesh that you would think, well, it's out, people, what, it's out there and everybody sees it and knows it. no. It's, it's, it's right there. But it's there. That's where, that's where Simon was. The two, the two were in the same need of Jesus. It's how they saw him. And the way they reacted was plain as it could be. I'm thinking, you know, Jesus has such a, Jesus has a way of taking any kind of situation and turning it and making it good. Now I said at the beginning, probably Simon had him over there because he, he had plans to discredit him and who he was because that's what he was probably wanting to do. Jesus took it as an opportunity to, let, to help this woman, but also an opportunity to give Simon a chance to see. As far as I know, he left with the other men that said, you know, in verse it says, and they that said it meet with him again to say within themselves. See, it was within themselves again. Who is this man that forgives sins? He's Jesus, I can tell you. He forgives sins. He still forgives them today. Then he addressed the woman. What did he say to her? Thy sins are forgiven. Can you say that tonight? Can you say that tonight? My sins. My sins which were many. My sins which are many are forgiven. They're forgiven. I have that assurance. And then he, and he said, thy faith has saved you. Is faith in what? In Jesus Christ, in who he was. 
There's no, there's, there is no salvation in any other. That's what Peter said. There is no salvation apart from faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. But the, for the people that come to the realization of who I am and what I got and what I, what I cannot pay and that I got to have him, he becomes your everything. And your worship shows it. Your worship shows it. But it was faith, not her works. It was her faith that made her do what she did. She did not care. And then she left with what? Peace. Go in peace. Peace where? Peace within? Peace within herself. Peace within herself. No matter where you've been, what you've done, no matter where you are right now, it doesn't, you can look back and say, I, you can look back and say, I've, well, I've just about destroyed my life. Well, it doesn't matter. You, hey, he can, he can do for you what he done for this lady right here. Jesus, you can leave with peace within and peace with God. That's, that's amazing, amazing story. I want, I want to be like the woman. I want to love him. I want to know. I want to see. I want to see what I've not seen before. I want to see deeply my sin and my guilt that he has taken care of. It's, it's forgiven. It, makes, it, just makes, it just makes him the object of your love, your affection, your worship, your honor to pour it out on Jesus. Stand if you will. And if you're here tonight,